0: You know, 10 years, 15 years ago, the corporate video used to be here at X company. We've been established since, you know, 1772, and we have 2000 people working for us. I think those kind of videos are, are dead. What people need to do is like, who is my audience? And you need to create video content specifically for that audience. So many times I've talked to clients and they wanted to produce what I call a magic bullet of video where they wanted to have multiple messages from multiple stakeholders, so they wanted to appeal to new customers, current customers, staff and stakeholders. And I think, you know, that's not gonna happen anymore. That, that video will probably end up being 20 to 30 minutes too long.
1: You've heard me say it before, and I know you'll hear me say it again, but for so many in business today, the world of online video for their business is such an overwhelming, potentially complicated place so much so that for many businesses, they find it easier to just stick their head in the sand and not take action. Or on the other hand, businesses are taking action, but often taking the wrong action, which is failing to return on their videos investment. Welcome to episode 88 of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video, I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm Ben Amos, and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. Now, today's guest is Simon Banks, and he has over 30 years experience in the media industry. And he actually started his career living in Canberra here in Australia and working in Wagga Wagga, a small country town in Australia. He now runs Tallboy Communications in London in the United Kingdom. And his production company Tallboy is an award winning corporate video communication agency and has successfully delivered thousands of high quality video for over 15 years. Now, Simon is a listener to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. And when he reached out to me and I learned a bit more about his story, I started to see so many overlapping elements to the journey that he's been on over the last number of years with myself. Recently, Simon has authored a book, How to Get Video Right, the essential guide to video strategy in the rapidly changing digital age. And it's for this reason that I wanted to bring him on to open up this fairly candid conversation uh, between two video producers, video strategists, to explore this changing world of digital video in which we are playing. So I know you're going to love this chat. Without further ado, let's jump in to the show. Simon Banks, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, it's really good to have you. So, uh, as I explained in the introduction there, you you actually are a listener to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, which is always awesome to connect with listeners to the podcast. But you're also a video producer doing awesome things with video strategy over in the UK. So, I thought it's a perfect opportunity to bring you on and to share some of your wisdom with the Engage Video Marketing Podcast listeners. So, thanks very much for your time today. Thank you. And um, before we I guess, get into any of the tactical stuff that we're going to get into today. I'd love to just hear more about your story. So what led you into the world of of video that you play in and particularly into this world of video strategy?
0: Well, it's. Um, I'll try and keep this uh, as short as possible considering I've been doing video for all my career, um, all my working life and it started uh, when I was 16. Um, my sister worked for a video production company in Sydney um, and I was in year 10 at school and you have to do those two weeks work experience. So I thought, oh, right, I'll go and work at my sister's company. And I spent two weeks there and I thought, wow, this is really cool. You know, I mean, it was, a you know, they had studios and and big edit suites and all the cameramen were wearing jeans and a T-shirt. And in the first week, I met Elton John. I mean, it's like, how cool is that? I thought, hey, this is a really cool industry to get into. You can sort of wear casual clothes and you get to hang out with celebrities. So I decided when I was 16 that I wanted to be a cameraman. And that's what I aimed for. So I have a degree in media. Uh, My first job in TV was in a town called Wagga Wagga in central New South Wales, which was great uh, grounding in terms of I did news camera work, current affairs, promotional videos. Uh, And from that, I just sort of gained my experience and my skills. Uh, I came over here to the UK in 1990, freelanced. uh, I was basically doing a lot of um, current affairs, lifestyle programs and documentaries. And then came in the 2000s, early 2000s, Apple came along with something called an iMac and Final Cut Pro. And I decided, actually, I can make videos for businesses. So that's what I started to do. And in fact, I'm going to show my age a bit here. That The first, uh, what I call the corporate videos at the time I delivered were on VHS, for those who remember that. Yes. And now, you know, um, then it was DVDs and now it's all online. So in terms of our industry, I mean, the technology has come so far in just my lifetime you know, from, from, I used to shoot, my first stuff was on film. And that's, that's how long ago it was. And now it's just uh, online. So I think it's really exciting times. And I think now that video is so accessible to everybody So back, you know, 10, 15 years, it was really really because the tools to make high quality videos were really expensive. And you had to pay for it. Now you can make videos on your iPhone. There's loads of tools to make it, to make it, easy um so there's lots of video content out there but what i'm seeing is how do we get clients to do it better um yep. and that's what i'm seeing the clients like the idea of video but they don't really know where to
1: start so where do you see I mean, you, 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 as you've explained, they've been in this industry for a long time and I'm sure come across many celebrities of Elton John's stature in your time in Wagga Wagga, which is a small town in Australia, by the way, for, for listeners who are not from Australia. Uh, however, you've probably come across many more business owners that are potentially confused or misguided when it comes to how they're going to spend money on video or if they're going to spend money on video. So where do you see that the biggest Confusion or struggle um, today, in particular.
0: Uh, and um, I'll try and paint a picture. I have, I have this vision that uh, you have a company and they're having some sort of um, meeting with their, maybe their marketing or comms people, and they're in the process of building a website. And then suddenly, around the table, suddenly maybe the web designer or someone says, "You know what? We should have a video on our front page." And so they come come to me, or they Google video production company. And up comes my company as well as thousands of other companies. And they might send you an email saying, oh, we're about to launch our new website next month. And we think we need a video. How much? Mm-hmm. And then that's where I think the whole process sort of falls down. It's purely because people are just going from from a content point of view for content's sake, not really thinking about why we need this video, what the messaging will be. They just think, oh, we've got basically a hole in the front page of our website. We need to fill it. And and then and I understand for businesses when they go out to video companies and they say we want a video how much you're going to get such a variety of quotes. So if you go to a small uh, one man or one person operation a videographer, you know over here they might charge five hundred pounds or five hundred dollars. And if you go to a bigger video agency, they might charge you twenty thousand pounds, twenty thousand dollars. And I, feel, I actually do feel for the business owner or someone in marketing who may not understand the video production process or the video process. It's like, how do you decide? How do you decide what to use? Who do you use? Because you don't, you don't know them at all. Um, yeah. And I think that's why businesses you know, get a little bit confused because they're like, well, I don't really understand video. And you know, I don't know how much to invest in video. And that's because they're looking at content and the tactics of video rather than actually looking how video fits into the overall strategy.
1: Yeah, and I think what you're hitting on there is something that I talk about all the time is is the danger of doing video for the sake of doing video. So when you when you're thinking about video for video's sake, it's because you've got a you know, a purpose for using that video like you know prettying up the front page of a website for example so your goal is simply to create a piece of content to stick up there rather than approaching it from a you know what is the goal that's going to align to your business goal and how can video actually lead towards that goal for example which is a strategic approach as opposed to a tactical approach to video and the problem that you come across there which is what you're mentioning there is you can go to one supplier of that video for videos sake, and they'll charge you $500. You can go to another person and they'll quote you $500,000 potentially. And you may end up with the same sort of result as far as creatively, like one might be bigger budget, but it's still going to be the same sort of result. Right. But you're not guaranteed that that is actually going to return the result that you want for your business goals. Right. So how do, how do you help people overcome that? So how does that conversation look like for you? Well,
0: I think the way that I approach with all my clients is I think you need to go, I like to use the phrase, you begin with the end in mind, to quote the famous, late, you know, Stephen R. Covey. Um, because I think most clients come to us and say, one want a video how much, when actually I, my approach is, well, hang on a moment, let's, let's just step, uh, step back a bit. So, so what is the purpose of this video? What do you want it to a- achieve? And obviously, there could be multiple reasons, you know, in terms of you want to, it could be brand engagement, it could be uh, to announce a new product, it could be staff engagement. And that's where we start. It's like, okay, what do you want to achieve from the video? What's the goal? And then we look at the audience. Because I think a lot of businesses, what they do is they think, um, when they make a video for themselves, so they like to talk about what they do and, you know, and, um, you know, and how they do it. Um, but they don't really talk about the why they do it and the benefits. So they don't put themselves in the audience shoes. I think so many times that the client says, right, we're going to talk about this. You know, I mean, there used to be the day I used to, you know, 10 years, 15 years ago, the corporate video used to be here at X company. We've been established since, you know, 1772 and we have, 2000 people working for us. I think those kind of videos are are dead. What people need to do is like, who is my audience? And you need to create video content specifically for that audience. So many times I've talked to clients and they wanted to produce what I call a magic bullet of video, where they wanted to have multiple messages from multiple stakeholders They wanted to appeal to new customers, current customers, staff, and stakeholders. And I think, you know, that's not going to happen anymore. That, that video will probably end up being 20 to 30 minutes too long, basically. So I think now, you know, I think we need to, the way our approach for clients is you need to distill um, exactly what who the audience is, you know, what you want them to do, and therefore we then look at what kind of video content we need to create for that. And lastly, which is I think a lot of people forget about and, and a lot of businesses and marketers don't really think about, is actually the marketing and distribution, the amplification of that video. A lot of clients just think, oh, well, I'll put it on YouTube, I'll put it on my website, i do some social media posts, and that's it. I like to use the story of the Kevin Costner Field of Dreams film, I don't know if you've seen it, Ben, mm-hmm. where he talks about, you know, if you build it, he will come. That's I like right. to refer that to, if you make a video, they will watch. And this day and age, it just doesn't happen anymore because there's so much noise out there. So it's so important to actually think about, we've got this video,
1: how are we going to get our audience to watch it? Yeah, absolutely. It's so critical and it's that's what it all comes down to, isn't it? That idea of the strategy is not just about what video to make. That's a good place to start, but so much more importantly, it's about bringing it back to who this video is being made for and what the goal of that video is from a business perspective and critically, as you mentioned there, how that video is intended to be used and distributed optimized uh, online in order and amplified, as you mentioned there, um, to actually achieve the desired results. And it's so much more than just the creative output of a video production company. So with that in mind, I mean, you, you, you've had over 30 years in, in the video production industry of producing creative output, you know, how has this shift, I guess, resulted in a shift in your business of no longer just providing a creative output but hopefully providing more for your clients how what's that look like for you
0: i mean i i i'll put my hand on. I've, I've been guilty of being the creative person who just wants to make a nice creative video and i think i see that time and time again with a lot of video companies we want to do is make a nice film for our clients. And we don't really think about what the goals are or who the audience is or how they're actually going to use the film. Um, and, I, and I, I've had clients come to me and they spend a lot of money. I mean, you know, my, budgets tend to be, and I'm going to talk pounds here, you know, 15 to 30,000 pounds for basically one or two videos. So it's quite a big investment and I've produced these and, you know, we've done a nice, lovely, creative job. We feel that we've got the message right. It's a beautiful looking film. And then we hand it to the client and they just don't do anything with it. I mean, they just put it on YouTube. And I've had one client here put it on YouTube and didn't embed it properly on the website it was just like pulling my hair on going, this is insane. You're spending all this money. And I, what the transition for me, which is why I eventually wrote my, you know, why I wrote my book, um, is because I felt I wasn't serving my clients well enough, you know, and I just thought we were not doing our industry a good, uh, you know, any good in terms of Charging clients lots of money for video which they don't actually get a return of investment on and hence they never do video again Or they're very reluctant to do video or they decide they'll do it themselves or go down the cheap route So I think the journey for me was decided like okay, you know, yes, I love to be creative. Yes I love to make nice films, but ultimately we need to serve our clients better and to do that We need to make films which again to help them build their business or or, you know achieve their goals
1: yeah, <laughs> you're, it, it honestly sounds like you're reflecting back my, my exact words, words that I've, I'm sure I've said very similarly on this podcast before because a similar story for me was basically that same thing. Of uh, Around about six years ago, we produced a, a specific video for a client. They'd spent about $5,000 on it. And um, I checked back six months later and there was 34 views on their YouTube channel. Uh, there's no way that that returned on their investment. They were proud of the video. They were happy with the work that we'd done. We'd got paid, we'd moved on, but I wanted to see and check in on the results that potentially that video has returned for that client video that we were proud of. And needless to say, 34 views did not return much in the way of results. Um, And it's the same thing. And that's what started my journey down this path of video strategy and changing the way that we do business now as well. So it's really interesting and exciting to find the, you know, people on the other side of the world coming across the same realizations and the same story. So, you know, that's, that's really cool. So I'd love to actually unpack with you as you've changed the way that you're providing value to your clients. And I guess there's two benefits to where I want you to go here of, of sharing a specific example of a case study or a business that you've been able to help understand and shift the way they're thinking about their video content. Because I I recognize that there's listeners to to this podcast that are like us, they're video producers. There's also listeners who are in business uh, for themselves considering how to best use video. So with that in mind, it'd be interesting to kind of unpack it from both angles there. So have you got a great case study or success story or client that you've worked with that you can share with us?
0: um i do have a a couple of case studies actually i could mention uh i think the one that resonates with me um particularly was a client you know they're a large organization here they're the um they're an organization which represent general practitioners here in the in the uk and they're basically doctors gps as we call them and they came to me um a couple of companies actually and they said we want to do a campaign you know our issue is we've you know, we need to recruit more GPs into the into the, into the the country, into the, into the industry, um, because there's a lot of people not doing it anymore. I mean, you want to create a campaign where people can h- highlight that GPs aren't just about having a small practice in a town where you're just dealing with old people and, and kids with colds. And so they came to me and said, we, we were thinking of doing a video. We wanted to be, you know, we're thinking of between 10 and 15 minutes long you know, and we're going to put it on YouTube, and we're going to do some, you know, press release about it. And I said, "No, you're not. You're <laughs> not going you. to create a ten to fifteen minute film in this day and age." And this was only a couple of years ago. And I said, "No, no. I mean, you you need to create a campaign. So we need to look at um, where your audience is. So that so their audience is, is primarily actually graduates. So when you're doing a, a degree." Uh, as, a, as a general practitioner or medicine, I suppose it is, and the degree is what I don't know, five years long. And so they're targeting basically uh, third years, so basically trying to, when you have to make a decision which path you go down in terms of where to become a, a doctor, what kind of medicine doctor you want to be. There's a big choice. You can go in different areas and they want people to become general practitioners, but they want to get away from the image of just being in a small surgery somewhere in town. So I said, okay, great. So your audience is quite young. Therefore, Facebook and YouTube would be appropriate platforms um, for you to target. And I said, we need to do stories. Let's do uh, little stories about how someone's done become a GP and let's show them different um, areas of work that they do. And so we, you know, so we looked at that and they said, oh, we have to be geographical as well. You know, so therefore we have to have someone in Scotland, someone in Wales, someone in, in Northern Ireland, someone in England. So great, so we said, well, who have we got? Who, you got? Know, who, who GPs are very successful that we can show different aspects of their job? So that's what we did. So we created seven short films for them and they were just nice little vignettes of, of the daily life of a GP in a different situation. Somewhere, so someone was doing academic research, uh, someone was basically in the middle of nowhere, doing flying in helicopters, doing sort of that sort of, sort of um, remote work. Yes, we had someone doing, you know, in a, in a small surgery. So we had a whole variety of work. And so they did that. They had a paid for campaign on, on Facebook, and then they did a whole uh, press release as well. So they basically did a press release and released it to all the media. Um, and they're very clever. I, I couldn't believe it that um, one Saturday morning, I, I actually woke up and was watching BBC News. And there was the video that we shot was on TV, and it was like wow. So they actually got a, not only did they get a lot of press about it as well, um, but they got a lot of views on on YouTube and, uh, and a lot of engagement on, on Facebook. They're extremely happy with the campaign, and what they're good is that they created some content, but also you know they're they pretty open with it as well. So they got a lot of engagement people. That you know, a lot of GPs were saying, I don't like what you've done. I was saying, This is really good to see, you know, and so it was, you know, from a campaign point of view, it worked really well.
1: Yeah, interesting. And how much of that was, uh, particularly the success in the distribution element, there was planned for, and how much was uh, organic, somewhat. I, I use the term viral kind of sparingly here, but, um, viral kind of growth. Do you feel?
0: I think, I think it had, it's a mixture of, of both because I think you can't plan for to go viral No. full stop. I mean, that's, people say, <laughs> I've had people come to me and say, can I, can you create a viral video for me? And I said, no, that's impossible. No one can create a viral video. It's one of those things you've got a lot of elements of terms of content, timing, subjects i think for the gps they had it was, it was a because they had the strategy in place So part of it was yes we began to use social media in terms of facebook and you know and youtube but there's also the reason why it was i guess successful because they decided to do a press release campaign around it as well so, and that's the whole thing they didn't look at just one particular platform for distribution they actually looked at several and because um, from a press release point of view, they're basically the headline was the short of the GPs, you know, the media picked it up. And because the media picked it up, um, the value was that suddenly it was on newspapers, on television, which then, and because they actually used the video on YouTube, it drove a lot of traffic to, to the YouTube channel. So from that way, they thought it was a, huge, yeah, a tremendous success because they not only got a lot of views and traffic onto YouTube, but they also got a lot of column mentions in terms of, of uh, comments and editorial as well.
1: So there's clearly an, an awareness campaign uh, designed to, as you mentioned there, drive awareness of the value of choosing general practitioner as a, as a career option in your medical degree. So based on the goal for the campaign of being awareness, what were the measurables? Did you have specific metrics that you were paying attention to to determine the success or was it based on simply reach and, and views on YouTube? I mean, for the client,
0: ultimately, the, the success of the campaign is if uh, more people um, become GPs,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and that's probably a bit more of a longer term go on that can't be measured in a matter of weeks or months. Um, and recently, and I did when I contacted them, there, there has been a increase. You know, it's been a small increase of interest in people registering as GPs. So that's a success for them. For them, the success was purely in how much engagement we got and and how much press they got. And and for that, that blew their mind, actually. They got far more than they ever expecting. And ultimately, because of that, that means that people are talking about becoming a GP and ultimately then more people will become GPs. So from that point of view, their campaign was a huge success.
1: It's interesting because that is an important conversation as video strategists. I feel that we need to have around what metrics matter for any particular campaign and when it comes to awareness content like that so much of the metrics that matter are what i call fuzzy metrics some of those uh hard to measure maybe longer term but also uh you know they're not hard data right so there is hard data that you can measure like views and engagement uh press mentions things like that which is hugely valuable but at the end of the day it's mostly those fuzzy metrics around the general sentiment in the medical industry about the value of general practitioners as a career right which how do you you measure that right certainly big brands can do a whole bunch of you know consumer surveys industry surveys and get some data around that but so yeah I think it's really interesting to hear that you're your clients were on the same page with you as far as how they determined the success of that campaign, which is which is really cool. And,
0: and, and it worked. And I think what I really appreciate is that they trusted us with mm-hmm. it as well, because such a large organisation, we had to go to to present our ideas to a board of people. You know, and it's really good to say that you know um, they're on board with the whole strategy in terms of our approach. You know, I mean, there was some discussion about who should appear on on camera, which stories we should do. But it was really, you know, it was great to have a client who actually trusted us with the approach was something a little bit different to what they normally how they normally do things.
1: So let me dive into this a bit further because it is something that I'm sure our our listeners, but also I've come across before as well, um, and and need to overcome. The when you are pitching concepts around story-driven content particularly this short form story driven content for social media engagement. Um, and you're pitching it to people that are they're trying to communicate a corporate message, right? So they have specific, uh, specific messages that they want to communicate where sometimes there's a disconnect between this idea of, yes, we can tell a great engaging, wonderful story. Um, but we also need to make sure that we say this, this and this, you know, and legal want us to say this and we need to make sure that we use this phrasing and that sort of thing, right? So how do you as a video producer slash video strategist overcome that with your clients?
0: It's a hard one because um, I do have these battles with clients when when especially the larger global corporations, you know, they they want to. You get the head of legal, the head of comms saying we have to have this message in. And you know, I will go back to them and say, you know, do you really want to do this? Um, because I, I think it'll distract from from the video. And then it's a discussion, really. And, and sometimes, you know, I have, a, I, have a, I have a phrase that the clients always right, even when they're wrong. So you know, at the end of the, clients paying. If that's what they want, then we tend to do it, even though I will I will actually say I don't agree with you. And sometimes, it, for us, for me, it's just about being strong enough to say I actually don't think this is a good idea but if you want to do it that's up to you but this is sort of potentially what will happen to the video or or the consequences I think one of the biggest battles I always have with clients is trying to take content out you know Mm -hmm. they want to have so many messages in and you're always trying to say you know no 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 you got to have less is more basically Um, you know before I used to say that no more than three key messages in a video and I'm i'm now convinced that it has to be less you know i think you just need to have one key message now and just make the video shorter and then you know if you want to have three key messages you make three different videos basically um so it's about for for me it's about educating the client is is my main purpose at the moment is because clients don't understand you know they 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 have this is what they've got to do um and this is how they feel they should do it because a lot of clients are more used to, especially my corporate comms clients, more used to an email or a written communication um, rather than a video communication. And therefore the, the battle is uh, let's make it shorter and punchier. And um, we need to take out the messages because I think people are going to see that video should not be seen in isolation. Mm-hmm. People just see video as, as its own platform and nothing else. And I go, think about it, when you watch a video, it's normally in something else. You're not going to see a business film in the big screen in total darkness. You're normally seeing on a website, you're normally seeing on a social media platform uh, or whatever it may be. And therefore, you can actually have words around it. You can actually have more information. I think a lot of clients seem to forget that. They just think that video needs to be a standalone. And And my approach is no, video needs to be part of your whole strategy, your whole communication strategy. And therefore, you can make a shorter video and punch here, and that'll attract people. Then underneath, you can have, you know, words or, or download or or find out more. And I think people don't sort of think forget about that, really. They just think that video should be a standalone.
1: Yeah, that's so important because, and that also emphasizes the importance of strategically planning your video content with the distribution channel in mind. Because if you know that this is a video that is, determined to be on a landing page, a sales page, a product page on a website, then you don't need to include all the specs of the product, for example, within the video, because that is more suited to being a bullet pointed list directly under the video, for example, equally. So if it's a video determined to be used um, primarily on Facebook, then you can add further, further calls to action and, and, you know, status update text around that video as well to further emphasize the messaging. So that's a a super important point that I think everyone can take away from this as well. You mentioned that that for you, it's about educating the clients and we've talked about that a few times through this interview so far. And I I believe it's, you're so determined and, and connected to that idea that you ended up writing a book and your book is, how to get video right um so what what led to to that that book and and you know how's that helping helping clients today um i'll be
0: really honest with you but i wrote it actually out of frustration okay. you know, because um you know i've seen clients spending really good money with me and then and then just not using the video at all and i thought you know, getting, as you, as you mentioned a bit earlier, a bit about, you know, lack of views and, and that's what people do. They tend to put it on YouTube and they think views are the, are the main metric and there's so much more to video than that. And so I decided this has got to stop. I'm not serving my clients well, so I need to educate them. And I thought, what's the best way to educate them actually is to write a book. So, um, I spent, you know, six months writing a book, taking all my knowledge and experience and putting it in, into a written format, which was great for me to actually work, you know, actually just to the information from my head on, onto the word, onto a paper and then having the book actually published, it was thinking, um, great, because therefore I can then give the book away or clients can buy it, whatever it may be. But for me, it's about, look, here's my book. It's got a lot of, it'll help you understand video more. And, you know, you can make it a more informed decision because that's what I'm trying to do is, Clients, the more they know, the better decision you can make. And therefore, for me, it's not about um, using me to make your video for, for you. It's actually about making video content and making it work for your business, whatever your goal may be. So that's why I wrote, wrote the book. And, you know, I'm really actually really pleased the way it's turned out. I think a lot of good information in there um, which will help clients understand video better. And, and, I, and ideally, as the title says, get video right.
1: Mm and it's an interesting title how to get video right because i think it's such a it opens up such a can of worms there right so if you were to to sum up i guess the the key takeaway in in your book to help people understand how to get video right i'm throwing you on the spot here simon but hopefully you're prepared for this because you know <laughs> how do you get video right what is the answer in your
0: opinion um well, the answer is you've got to think about it a bit more. Uh, I think it's about having a strategy around video, seeing video as a one-off or as a separate piece of communication. Video needs to be part of your overall strategy. And like it or not, video is here big time, which is great for video producers like you and I and, and, and our community because businesses need video. And not only do they need video, but they need lots of video. You can't run away from that anymore. All the social media platforms are video first now. Um, and the days of just having a one-off video on the front page of your website, you know, the hero video is, that's not going to work either. Yes, you should have that video, but you've got to think about how you produce video consistently. And that's where a lot of companies struggle with because believe it or not, actually video is not that easy. And I hear lots of people say, oh, your video's easy, your video's cheap. Well, yes, it is in terms of there's the tools and apps that make it easy. You can shoot on your smartphone, lots of apps that you can put a video together. But without a strategy around that, and without what I call a consistent strategy of how you can produce content on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, then you're just adding to the noise you know, you're adding to the noise. So I think what the, you know, what the book tries to, to instill is actually think about video. And that's, you know, think about your audience, think about, you know, the why and the messaging. Um, think about making lots of content and think about you gotta got basically pay to play these days and therefore think about your distribution and, and marketing and try and put all those elements together and have a consistent plan. And the only way to do that is gotta have a strategy. And that strategy has got to fit in with the bigger picture of, of what you're trying to achieve as a business.
1: Absolutely. I'm, I couldn't agree more. For, for listeners to this podcast, they obviously understand that Simon and I are definitely singing off the same song sheet or hymn sheet or whatever that saying is, but we're on the same page. And I know that listeners of this podcast are, are joining us in this, in this uh, transition and this movement as well to, to focusing on strategy first when it comes to video content. Your tagline for your book, "How to Get Video Right," is the essential guide to video strategy in the rapidly changing digital age. And I'd love to just wrap up this this conversation here today to talk about that last element of the rapidly changing digital age, because what works now today in the world of video is not necessarily what's going to work next year or tomorrow. So you know how do how, what do you think coming and and how do you see video? in the digital space adapting?
0: I think we live in a very exciting time, actually. I mean, I mean, it's it's hard to keep up, which is why I think um, businesses struggle and even marketers struggle. Um, even video producers struggle because it's like, yeah. how do you keep up with all this? And, it, and it's, it's great because I think a lot of the digital age will be a video first strategy. And I think businesses need to think about um, Video content, so I think think of Netflix for your business, therefore when you come to your your web page now or your, your website you know you're not going to have lots of words and text, you're going to have lots of video and all those videos need to be, be like Netflix, that people can binge watch, So they can look at your big picture hero film, they can look at your how-to videos, they look at your thought leadership videos, they can look at your case studies, look at your product videos, you know, and that's where we're gonna go. So your website, think of Netflix for business. Um, video is gonna, as you've heard all the stats um, from Cisco about how video is gonna dominate the internet. Um, there's loads of information about how video is so engaging and from a marketing point of view, it's just up, up at the top of, up in terms of engagement and conversion. And I think videos, companies just need to get their head around a video first, video first strategy and, and how they can make lots of videos. And that's where you and I come in, Ben, and, and other you know, video producers. Is like, how do we help our clients produce consistent video content which is going to, you know, uh, succeed and win on their business goals? Yeah. And that's more than just making video, you know. Um, and you can the ways of making, making you know, a very nice two-minute uh, film nicely shot and edited. You know, there's so many different platforms. I mean, live is, as you know, a massive. You know, so so Facebook Live is it's got huge traction on there, and that's probably the easiest, quickest, and cheapest way of actually producing videos to do to do live. You know, LinkedIn are doing live now as well. So you know, um, all the platforms are going going to a video first uh, strategy, and I think from a business point of view, you just don't think of you know, video content can be in many forms. And therefore, you need to find uh, an agency or someone who can can help you because it is a confusing world out there, and things are changing so quickly. Is to find someone who can help you uh, get that strategy right.
1: And I think that is so important. If if listeners haven't figured that out yet, is that like you say, video uh, businesses need to be doing more video more consistently. So lots of video over a period of time but it's the strategy that is going to determine the success there, right? So it's not just about creating more video and more video adding to that noise, but it's, and you talked about live there, and it's so easy to just press that that go live button and create video content. But even without a strategy behind your live content, it's just adding to the noise and isn't going to get results for the business, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, there's so much noise out there and we know all that,
0: you can see it. Every time, on every social media channel you look through, there's lots of video, and there's lots of posts. And I think now, you know, just doing video for video's sake is not the way to go. Mm. You've really got to think about how video is going to add to your, you know, your your purpose, to what you want to achieve as a business and how you want to connect and communicate with your customers, staff and stakeholders.
1: Yeah, it's that idea of connection. You know, when I think about this, Simon, about the idea of, you know, the role video is going to play and how how the digital age is constantly adapting and evolving and changing and, and, you know, where video is going to fit in the future, where I feel all good marketing and all good business is going is just bringing the human back into business, you know, because, and that's why video is so powerful and everywhere these days and every platform is taking it on is because it, it is the most human form of communication in a digital sense, you know, I mean, obviously face-to-face, you know, handshakes and, and coffee conversations, that's pretty human, right? But in a digital sense, video is really as close as you can get to that and if we can keep that at the forefront of our digital marketing strategy the idea of how can we communicate in ways to our ideal audience respecting the fact that they are humans and we are humans and people buy from people um, then no matter how platforms change and, and methods of communication change if we can keep that humanity I think that you know business is going to continue to thrive so that's I guess you know the, the way i kind of look at it what what do you say to that
0: absolutely i think um i believe that um from a business point of view people buy from people you know and you're right ultimately the best way is actually to get in front of someone face to face and video is probably the next best thing after maybe then doing a like a skype call or a phone call maybe but I just think people need to look at video in terms of how can that help. And, and sometimes I think personalization video, making individual videos to connect with people, is, is seeing you know a lot of traction now. You can there's loads of platforms where you can actually personalise a video to which has your name on it. I've seen that before, and even I'm starting to do that now. Where so rather than sending someone an email, I'm sending them a little video and saying hi. You know, I'm you know how can I help you? I'm Simon. This is what I do, and that just gives you so much more connection on a one-to-one basis. And yeah. that's what video is so powerful at doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Look, Simon, we could probably keep going for a, for another hour, but um, um, we'll wrap it up here today. But I would love for you to shout out how people can, well, get in contact with you if if they're interested in working with you and they're based in the UK. But also, I guess more importantly, how to get a copy of your book, How to Get Video Right, The Essential Guide to Video Strategy in the Rapidly Changing Digital Age. Where can we grab a copy? Um, so there
0: is a website for the book. It's um, www.getvideorite.com um, and you can buy the book directly from there. Um, that's the approach. It, it's not really on Amazon as yet. It will be in the near future, but at the moment, on that website. And you know, my video uh, producing website um, is tawoy. toboy dot co at um, um, UK.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So I look forward to, um, you know, staying in touch with you, Simon, and and seeing where you go and and maybe we'll get you back on the podcast one day to, uh, to update our listeners further on the world of video from your perspective. So it's been a really awesome chat. Thanks for joining me.
0: Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure.
1: Thanks again to Simon Banks from Tallboy Communications in London and author of How to Get Video Right, the essential guide to video strategy in the rapidly changing digital age. So all the links to Simon's book and everything else that we mentioned in this show will be on the show notes page over at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 88. And if you enjoyed this show, I'd really love a rating and a review over on iTunes. It really means a lot to me and it keeps me fired up and motivated to keep delivering these episodes to you guys. Or reach out to me anytime on Twitter or Instagram at engage underscore Ben and let's open up a conversation together. So that's it for this week. Until next week, I'll be back with you with another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast as we're nearing in to episode 100. Next week is episode 89. So we're coming up to the big triple digits i am not actually sure what i'm going to do for episode 100 but i love to hear from you reach out if you have any ideas about how we should celebrate 100 episodes of the podcast so that's it from me bye for now i'm ben amos from engage video marketing and outside my window a leaf blower has just fired up to ruin the audio for the end of this episode so i'll see you next time Did you know that your email list can often become the most valuable asset to your business? If you've been building your business for any time at all and haven't yet built an email list, then now's the time to get started. Or maybe you've got an email list but struggle to make the most of it. I want to introduce you to my email list provider and I know you're going to love them too. ConvertKit is the email provider built by creators for creators. The team at ConvertKit have been in our shoes and they know what it takes to grow a successful business. And your email list is the tool that will get you there. The best thing is that ConvertKit is seriously easy to use, powerful, but intuitive. Personally, I've tried a handful of email service providers over the years, Aweber, MailChimp, Infusionsoft, but since switching to ConvertKit over 12 months ago, I seriously have not looked back and as an Engage Video Marketing Podcast listener, I've arranged for you to get your first 30 days of ConvertKit absolutely free. Normally you only get 14 days if you sign up direct through their website. So to give it a try for 30 days, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com ConvertKit. Now this is my affiliate link. So if you do become a ConvertKit customer, then you'll be supporting this show and investing in your business through clever email marketing at the same time. So it's a win-win. The link again, engagevideomarketing.com slash convertkit.